All right, Chillinoy. I'm really excited for today's episode because I'm sitting here with Jungle K. How's it going, K? Yo, what's going on, Chillinoy? Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. We're about to get sparked up. We're about to smoke up and have a good time. Before we start doing that, though, tell people where they can find you online and then we'll, you know, tell people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So you can find me on social media at Jungle C-A-E. I'm primarily on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube as well. You can also find me on my website at JungleK.com. Sweet. Well, folks, as always, we're going to put that in the podcast description. So if that makes it easy for you to just copy and paste it in your browser application, yeah, just peek into the podcast description. All that info's in there. So um, tell us, tell us about yourself, man. How, when did you, cause I, I love the media you produce, which is why I invited you onto the show. Um, especially some of the, the, the knowledge you've been dropping lately, uh, with regard to cultivation, which I think is super important. How did you get your start in producing media? Man. Um, so I was a musician, uh, primarily when I moved out to Chicago. So I'm from Rochester, New York. Uh, and I moved out here in 2013 to go to college. So I went to Columbia for guitar. And I also sing and songwrite and rap. Uh, and in Rochester, there just really wasn't a whole lot of opportunities and not necessarily like, at the time, I didn't really know a whole lot of people to like help me make things. And then eventually, like I kind of found my click. You know, fair ones the shirt I'm wearing right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, and that was what really got my hand in um, truly video editing, first and foremost. Uh, like I took a video editing class in high school. Like that was when I bought my T3i that I have right now. And I was used to, you know, kind of shooting my own music videos and helping my friends make their own music videos. And my friends are incredible directors and producers and, and writers. So like it, it was a very DIY kind of scene out there. And so I kind of translated it over here. And I mean, I didn't even really realize or, or know that I wanted to quote unquote make content like with my Instagram account, because I've only been Jungle K for like two years, I think. Like before that, I was just not K Jones uh, on Instagram and, and SoundCloud and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I just I started interacting with plants and I was like, I really like plants a lot um, and I really like posting my plants a lot. But it probably isn't going to be the best if somebody that's trying to book me or somebody that's trying to find my music it just comes to my page and just sees a bunch of pictures of me playing with plants all day. <laughs> <laughs> so that was when, you know, Jungle K was born and I just, you know, started sharing pictures and videos of me with my plants. And I, you know, didn't have any kind of mind to think like, okay, I'm going to do like an educational video about propagation. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, oh no, I got this plant from Home Depot. Like, let's see if I keep it alive. And it just kind of blossomed from there. Like, um, I really, what it was is when I was looking in like the plant community on Instagram, there was really like a lack of like, you know, darker skinned people or people like, you know, that looked like me, black and brown people, indigenous people, trans, uh, like everybody. It was, it was largely one demographic of people that were interacting with house plants and urban jungles, quote unquote, you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, well, I got to muddy this up. You know what I mean? Um, and so I just kind of started posting and trying to get the attention of like, you know, the bigger plant blogs and the bigger plant outlets. And um, 
it really wasn't until I started working at my local dispensary that I incorporated cannabis like into that. Like I had smoked for a while, you know what I'm saying? And I was a fan of it, you know what I mean? Like I, um, whatchamacallit, I watched the Wiz Khalifa day-to-day video, how to roll up in the hot tub. I was watching that shit every day. Like just- You and me both, friend. You know what I mean? I didn't smoke until like sophomore year of college. But the first blunt I rolled, bet that bitch was pearls. <laughs> Hell yeah, you were trained by the best. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was crazy. But yeah, I, I started working in my local dispensary and I really got uh, a, a spark of interest in cannabis science and the science behind getting high and, you know, helping people discover cannabis. I was already kind of into that. Like I was helping... Um, my friend like walk her dog she is like a little bit older than me and she was you know transitioning from some medicines that didn't necessarily make her feel that good and i was like well i do this all the time it makes me feel great you should try this out and i saw what a difference it made in her life you know what i mean and you know that was just always another example for me of how powerful cannabis is as a plant and as a medicine so going into the industry was like a no-brainer like when i saw that legalization was coming around i was like okay i have to i have to get involved like as quickly as possible so yeah, I started at my local dispensary in December, 2019 as a, uh, technically my first day was a uh, reception, but then I started as a bud tender after that. And then I kind of just, you know, worked my way around. Like I was really, really fond of doing patient consultations. Like that was, that felt like the most of me doing my job, like as wholly as I could, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. I felt like I was fully studying everything that like I was supposed to know relaying that to you know either a new or returning person to figure out how we could crack the code and put the pieces together to give them a positive experience with cannabis each time and that just felt really good you know what I'm saying there's a lot of cool people that came through like everybody comes through the dispensary there's so many different types of people that you can meet there and yeah it was awesome yeah hell yeah man that's one thing that I'm always uh it's always refreshing. I think is the best way to put it is just the, that every type of person comes through a dispensary and it's the weirdest thing. It's like, sometimes I see people and I'm like, I I don't ever know what I mean by this, but I like, I wouldn't expect you to be in a dispensary, you know, like, uh, uh, like, I don't know why, but sometimes I see somebody, maybe they're like in a suit and they just look like, like really clean cut or whatever. And you just like, you just, I don't even know. Or it could just be like, uh, like this one time in Colorado, I just saw this guy who just, he, you know, he just looked like a plumber. He just did not look like the, he just looked like a guy that would come home and drink a beer and I'm going to go to bed, you know, but yeah. he was at the dispensary and he, you know, and it's just interesting because, you know, you realize how similar we all are when you, that's, that's, that's the what I mean when I say it's refreshing, you know? Yeah. Um, but so you started in December of 2019, dude, what a time to start in Illinois. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I saw a lot. Like, literally, I saw the last days of medical only in Illinois. You know what I mean? And I saw the what was even then compared to what it was like since 2016 and like before my time, it was a steady pace. You know what I mean? It was more than people had usually seen. But it was pretty tame. You know what I mean? I had no expectations of a dispensary, but it was pretty tame for medical and then recreational rolled around and it was non-stop and I, when I say non-stop I mean like you, you just couldn't fathom the lines like 
you know, there there was the news about you know blacks and blacks and blacks in in cold Chicago, and on yeah. top of that, there was a shortage of products. You know what I mean? I'm sure you were aware, but all the medical patients were you know a little bit antsy about all these new people being able to buy products, so they bought up as much as they could, and you know, due to that, and cultivators not having enough time to process enough of what they needed for the recreational market there was really like a stunning market for like the first three months like I would say even up until April but like there were days that we would get down to CBD oil only like we would have one joint like maybe an edible CBD oil and that's it maybe some some pills and that's it see that's the craziest thing I remember at some shops opening on day one in Illinois without flour for sale and it was just like so the so the place that you go to buy weed doesn't have any weed right, <laughs> right. and once you do get the weed it costs how much <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah and you can't look at it you can't smell it it's just a complete you know roll of the dice of what you're getting unfortunately it's a completely diff- it's a completely different market and I mean I can't say that it's I mean we get what we have allotted to us. You know what I'm saying? I'm thankful that we have this market at the very least, but when you compare it to something like Michigan, which is literally a couple hours away where you can look at the product, smell the product, like get as much or as little as you want. You know what I mean? And right. I'm talking about my dispensary experience, like going one time from a place that looked like a fishing shack literally across the street from somewhere where you can rent a canoe and like go down the river you know what i mean how is that a more advanced and a more thought out dispensary process than what we readily have available to us in illinois you know what i'm saying it just speaks a lot about where the market is focused yeah absolutely man absolutely i've been to some pretty interesting dispensaries in michigan as well i went to this one that you went in and there was like bunch of books it was it looked like a library and then they had coffee that it was the waiting room but they had coffee that you could get like this guy was like hey do you want to you want a cappuccino do you want a rich regular cup of coffee i'm make you whatever you want and i was just like uh sure give me a coffee man and right like you know and he just brews the coffee fresh i saw him like grinding up the coffee and everything while i'm waiting and it's a very interesting experience and something that you just don't see in illinois at all and i mean you see it in, in most other states is really the point. So I get trying to be, especially in the medical dispensaries, trying to have a clinical feel and maybe not so much of a, like, you know, hang around feel, but f- for the adult use dispensaries, like it's a real shame that you can't see anything. It's, it's, it's as broken of an experience as it is. I mean, I've heard of some locations you go to now, you don't even deal with a person. They just hand you a tablet. I'm not sure which locations, but I've heard about them. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, which, you know, I'm... and, and I really do feel like that one-on-one experience is, is essential, you know what I'm saying? Especially for first time, uh, even dispensary people alone outside of first time cannabis users alone, you know what I mean? Because there is such a potential for, you know, somebody to go a little bit outside of their threshold. Now, you know, given that's a little bit capped due to what Illinois is doing right now with the dosage limits, but even then, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, maybe a might, the, the most not informed person could not let somebody know that this doesn't have any CBD in it 
and they cannot know how many milligrams are in it. And if that conversation is not had, then, you know, it's, it's in the air. You know, you can eat a whole thing of gummies. Some of them taste that good. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure everybody's had a bad edible experience. Um, <laughs> my only, and it's, it was pretty funny, like in hindsight, but I, I flew back uh, from LA. It was my first time going to LA. It was on a family trip. So uh -huh. the one night I snuck out with my homies, um, I was like, I got $10, run to the dispensary, grab me whatever you can. I'm gonna take it on the flight. He's like, okay, I got you. Uh -huh. And I'm thinking $10 should not be able to give me anything that should knock me off my ass, right? He's like, okay, I got you these two lollipops. I'm like, two lollipops? I mean, like, okay, but like, what, what's two lollipops gonna do? And I'm looking at him and I'm like, hmm, I wonder how much is a milligram? Like, is 60 milligrams a lot or a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> and I ate 120 milligrams uh, before I got on the flight with my grandma, like literally sitting next to my grandma. <laughs> And yeah, it was, it was interesting. Like I, I was seeing stripes for sure. Like the hot flashes and all that, but I, I made it, you know what I'm saying? That, that's a, a safety story out there, to everybody out there. If you ever get into a bad edible experience, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. It's just, yeah, you will, you will get through it. I always you just get at this in your head. Organic, don't panic. Yeah. I'm going to get through. Just breathe it out. <laughs> Hell Yeah. So, hey, uh, I, I have a few questions for you written down, just some things that you've mentioned, but I think a cool place to start maybe, um, you know, since we just talked about you started in the dispensary in 2019, you saw that transition and everything. Um, but we were talking about like plants and how Jungle K started. How did you like get into plants? When did you get into plants? You know, how did that happen? Yeah, um, so in my apartment, I had like no plants, no plants whatsoever. And, you know, my parents had some plants at home, like not a crazy amount. They did have some big ones, though. And my dad was kind of into like, you know, keeping the lawn nice and everything like that. But I never really had like an affinity for them or anything like that. And me and my partners were just in the store one time. And, you know, I, I forgot who had the idea. But, you know, one of us was like, we should we should try getting some plants. We should see if we can keep some plants alive. And I'm like, OK, you know, why not? I, I don't know anything about it, but like, you know. Well, I'll just get a plant and we'll see what we can keep alive. And then, you know, that'll be that. And then I was the only one that kept the plants alive. <laughs> and um, I was like, you know, I just got, I was really fascinated by them. I was just, I just instantly grew connected to them by how, you know, different they were and, you know, just watching their growth patterns and figuring out what they needed and, you know, learning about their history and everything like that. It's kind of like cannabis, you know what I'm saying? Um, one thing I say about cannabis is that it's, it's infinite. You know, there's a million different ways that you can experience it, consume it, grow it, uh, yada, yada, yada. Plants are, you know, the same. Cannabis is a plant. And that's, you know, really why I do what I do. I, I try and blur the line. I mean, not that there is a line, but there's a lot of people that don't understand that cannabis, like, is a plant. Like, right. And it's just a plant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, it's, don't get me wrong like it's a plant with a lot of medicinal properties and sure. you know stigma and everything around that but to get to the root of of everything that we got to deal with like it's a plant that we're talking about you know what i mean so i tr the way that i try and break the stigma around cannabis is by showing me uh very much intentionally nonchalantly 
consuming and talking about cannabis with my houseplants, you know what I'm saying? And interchange with my houseplants. When I make a post, you know what I mean? It's not on a set schedule of when I'm going to do houseplants versus cannabis. That's, you know, kind of whatever I'm feeling. And by that token, I feel like I have people from just my plant community, you know what I mean? That are now into cannabis. And likewise, people from the cannabis community that are now into plants that wouldn't have been otherwise. I see that's what I was going to ask you because I had started liking plants at a younger age, just being introduced to them for my parents as well. Uh, my mom just kept some house plants, nothing fancy, just like philodendrons and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love philodendrons. I actually used to have one in here, like kind of cascading across right, everywhere. Right. Um, but uh, around. hell yeah. But uh so that's where, you know, I kind of started and learned about, you know, propagating, cloning and all that stuff. But but in transitioning to cannabis, um, I am just like, I'm ready to grow like everything. I feel like I want to try to grow everything. I'm not going to say that I'm ready to grow everything. I want to try to grow like tomatoes, I like my own yeah. produce. You know, yeah. I love the house plants that you have. Unfortunately, we have cats, so we're gonna have to be strategic about our placement. Which I see that you have you keep them up high and stuff like that. Which that's the move. We'll have to do it that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, Another trick. Um, I mean, a lot of plants are pet friendly. Number one, but number two, cats really hate citrus. So if you have any citrus peels, you know, maybe even a little bit of citrus oil, you kind of leave that around the plant, like leave that essence there. They're going to want to stay away from the plants. Hell yeah. Good to know, man. Cause I'm eating those little, uh, what are they called? Cuties all the time. So I'll yeah, start yeah, leaving yeah. the peels, uh, it, you know, hell yeah. Well, it, yeah. So you just started, uh, young through your exposure from your parents and everything. And that's a, that's a really cool story. When did you get into like actually cultivating cannabis? So I got my patient card as a dispensary agent, right? Because when you enter as a bud tender, you generally get your patient card, like within the same processing, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it might take a little bit longer, but generally they want you to be a patient so that you can have the same kind of uh, breadth of knowledge, if you will. Um, so I started in May of 2020. That was the first time I started to grow. Um, my homie smoke your greens, uh, Jules, he literally gave me my first tent, my first light, my first plant. Like it was like one of his that he just had. And he was like, yo, cut it off right here. And I was like, cut it off. What do you what do you mean cut it off? Like it's it's gonna die. He's like, no, cut it off. And I was like, okay. So I cut it off, you know what I mean? And that was the first time that I topped anything. And I watched it grow. That first plant ended up being male. But you know what I mean? Live and learn. And I, I'm glad that I had that experience because the first seeds that I popped, um, they were three testers from Irvine Seeds. Shout out to Irvine Seeds that got me some Humboldt seeds of lemon oh my god what did i grow lemon kush it was lemon kush i was about to say lemon skunk or some shit um but yeah one fell down the drain and the other two were female (laughs) darn but i mean it was it was a good run i was very surprised with what i did with you know just a little bit of knowledge that i had had from you know, a little bit of studying on the internet, cross-referencing with friends and, you know, the internet as well. 
and yeah hell yeah bro hell yeah well um i wanted to ask just because you mentioned this as well music and you mentioned it beforehand that it maybe was taking some of your time do you have like any projects you want to share or uh maybe former projects if you're working on something in the future i don't want to spoil any surprises but maybe just if people want to look into some other content you produce oh yeah definitely definitely so i mean i'm like i I like to consider myself semi-hidden online so basically i haven't released music in a couple years right so the music i have out there i've left it up on my soundcloud at not k jones n-o-t-c-a-e jones so you can check it out there I have a couple music videos out uh, under K Jones, C-A-E Jones. Um, And I'm working on releasing, you know, my later stuff uh, in the coming year. So I'm looking to incorporate that with, uh, you know, I'm thinking we're going to do some shows over at the jungle, our new space that we just had, um, as well as just, you know, putting out, putting out, content like I want to shoot my own music videos and I want to also like shoot music videos with people but I feel like you know I can just give it a go I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a whirl tell me about the jungle man man the jungle is coming along nicely it is a primarily tattoo studio ultimately creative wonderland uh owned by my partner Gabriella Zaradka um and yeah it's gonna be kind of multidisciplinary we're gonna have tattoos uh there we're gonna have a little bit of retail like vintage resale as well as like handmade goods she just uh released a uh wood like a painted on wood series that's really fire um i'm gonna be doing programming out of there so i'm gonna try and do these homegirl 101 classes our first one is gonna be on sunday uh we already got the slots filled up so that's awesome thank y'all so much Uh, i'm gonna look to try to do those once or twice a month going forward um yeah and additionally we're just gonna have a lot of fun with the space what was that i said we're just gonna have a lot of fun with the space it's our first time having a storefront yeah um if people were looking oh yeah no problem i'm glad you did that because i had to cough we we had we had to pause the chillinois podcast because cole was about to die um okay the the jungle we were talking about yeah the jungle oh yeah uh how can people you mentioned you wanted to do this monthly would it would they fo- just by following you on social media or is there is there a social media for the jungle like how do people make sure to keep their eyes peeled for that stuff totally totally so you can follow me on instagram at jungle k you can also follow the jungle at the jungle chi uh, I have a mailing list that I just started for the grow classes specifically. All of the programming and all the events and other things that are going to be coming forward are going to be coming out through the jungle. Uh, there's also going to be a mailing list for there as well. Uh, if you want to hop on the mailing list, either of them, just go ahead and hit me with a DM and I'll be sure to get y'all on there. Um, and we're also going to be doing virtual classes as well for people that you know can't make it in. Um, so yeah. Sweet. Sweet, man. Um, so cool. Thank you for saying that. Cause you know, people hear about it. They're going to want to sign up and everything, dude. I just saw you did. Oh. I just saw you did a uh, show with Afro man. What the fuck? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was super wild. Uh, super shout out to Don Brown, man. 
another another good black man in cannabis is doing some good things hey i'm gonna i'm gonna switch my video off because uh my connection is messing up if you don't mind uh switching yours off yeah pick up pick up where you're saying you were mentioning don brown oh yeah so shout out to don brown that's another good black man in cannabis uh i met him for the first time at his first event with koala puffs uh, that was also the first time I met her back in, I think, June or July or whatever it was. And we had a really good time. And, you know, he hit me up and he was like, yo, would love to have you co-host the second one. And I said, absolutely. And we rocked it out. It was a really good time. <laughs> Hell yeah. It sounded cool. It sounded cool. I just, you know, I saw the video of you rocking out with Afro Man and I was like, God damn, Kay, that's cr- that's crazy. It, so. it was it was a had to moment. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm going to have a, a blunt rolled. I'm not going to smoke until we get to smoke. You know what I'm saying? Thankfully, yeah. my dog was there to capture that. And it was a moment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw that. That was super cool. That is super cool, man. Well, um, so you got the cultivation classes going on. You post really like informative videos. I think you, maybe I'm, Maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I swear you posted a video on dabbing, just like a general how-to oh, one yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what other kind of content maybe that people look out for with regard to you know some stuff that you produce? You seem to have like a fat uh, uh, like a multitude of subjects you touch on, you know. So <laughs> yeah, um, I've kind of you know when I started Jungle K, it was definitely like me sharing my experience with plants and just like my journey learning them and it's absolutely still that um but i kind of stopped thinking of like my apartment and my space as my jungle and now more so like the world is my jungle and i'm like doing whatever i can and trying to share the experiences that are making me feel good and that i think people you know might enjoy for themselves and yeah Hell yeah. I like that. That's, that's super cool, man. That's super cool. Well, um, I appreciate you coming on to the Illinois podcast. I think I want to have you on, um, some more definitely in the future. I still, you know, want to talk to you about a few more things, but I just wanted to thank you again oh, yeah. uh, for setting aside the time, man. So I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you highly, man. Hell yeah. Well, um, I think a cool place to wrap up just because I wanted to have, you know, um, you know, talk about you and talk about, you know, where you come from, what you do, what you love, all that good stuff. Um, I think it's always cool to talk about, you know, the Illinois cannabis industry and what, what is going on. What do you think about what is, is currently going on in the cannabis industry folks, just for background, it is 12 16. I know that things in the cannabis industry in Illinois move at a lightning pace. So you never know what's, I'm totally joking. I would doubt anything's changed. Um, but I did want to say we're talking about this on 12, 16. Um, okay. What do you think about what's going on in the Illinois cannabis industry? I know that's a really big question because there's, you know, yeah. a lot of different things, you could, a lot of different things we could discuss, but yeah, general I- thoughts general thoughts on the Illinois cannabis industry I you know ooh, I want I feel like I have to choose my first words carefully sure (laughs) um I'll, I'll say this first and foremost I am so thankful for all the people that it has had the opportunity to help by getting 
you know, people access to cannabis medicine um, to whatever degree they've been able to have access to it, whether as a medical patient, recreational customer, or somebody that just has now been able to legally have access to learn about it because of said programming. Um, I think that we, you know, obviously have a lot of room for other people to operate as operators in the sector. And, you know, that's not news to anybody who's been paying attention to what's been going on with the social equity licenses since what, back in February? <laughs> yeah. That started. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah, we're, we're coming around. It, it feels like two years. Is that right? Or is it just a year? Oh sure. yeah, we're we're getting up to two years at least for the for no dispensary licenses coming out. We've had the forty craft cultivation licenses issued, um, but of course, uh, just the other day, uh, within the last day or so, um, GrownIn.com reported that the next sixty craft cultivation licenses have been delayed until I guess at least March of 2022. Which, at that point, if that other case, super case, which contains those 185 licenses, continues and gets pushed off to that point as well. Yeah, you're talking two years, man. Two years. Yeah, yeah. And that if, if if my timing's right, folks. Hey, I'm a stoner. You know, email in if 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 I'm doing the math wrong. And, and really, we're talking about longer than that because an awarded license does not mean that your shop is up and running day one. Absolutely, good point. We're Good talking point. about a long time to start up. You got to find personnel. You got to build uh, your, literally the inside of your building up to code. You know what I'm saying? You got to find security. You got to, there's just, there's just so many things that have to be taken care of on top. And then the same kind of goes for the craft grow licenses. Like, like they, once they've been licensed, it's, it's going to be a while before things actually get to start moving for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that alone is the issue. Hell yeah. It's a big issue. Big yeah. issue. Cause I mean, uh, uh, right now, like you say, I mean, those 40, for example, I, I think that point you started off or, or one of the points you brought up is that even when you get the license, it's not like on day one, you can just put a product on the shelf. Those 40s that those 40 that were issued. I mean, we just had helios labs on our podcast which is uh we had ray and jackson from the 1937 group and yeah. they you know they have their license and they say that they hope to be in production in july of 2022 but i i you know that's in production i don't know when the products are going to be on the shelves you know what i mean so yeah yeah no i i would hope the soonest for them but the soonest absolutely still isn't soon enough you know what i mean when right we're talking multiples of billions of dollars that have already been made by a select handful of people that have been allowed to have licenses. Yeah. Billions, yeah. billions. Like I, I I've shared this number with like friends. I don't know if I've shared it publicly yet, but as a bud tender, I absolutely remember seeing 20,000, $25,000 go through my hands alone in a shift. Yeah. Oh, my girlfriend has said the same. She used to be a bud tender uh, just around the time you were actually. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about that times eight people that are working at the same time as you times two for the rest of the people to cover the rest of the shift times seven. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're pulling in a lot 
a lot, a lot of money. And they could afford to pay the people working in dispensaries a lot more. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. That's it's pretty demeaning for dispensary uh, workers because you put all this cash into the safe, and it's like when you count it all, it's like, man, this could this is like more than I'm ever gonna see, like anytime yeah. soon, you know. Seriously, and then you have cert- like some dispensaries don't even allow tips or have yeah. revoked. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, and that's a, that's a weird one where it's like where it's like you know what fuck your no tip policy. Like I'm giving this crash cash to this person directly, but I know that obviously the manager gets in the way of that and all that shit, but that it's so fucked up that, that, that actually does happen. I mean, you're right. Yeah. It, it it's, happens. It's nothing other than corporate policy and it's policy that is not necessary. Um, I don't know how much time we have, but one of the things that I was getting into with my fellow bud tenders, when our dispensary was getting bought out by, uh, an MSO was that none of these things that they claim are industry standard are industry standard. We are in a brand new industry in Illinois. It's the Wild West. Absolutely. There's nothing to say that I should come in in, you know, jeans versus khakis. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, some places are getting down to details like that. And it's, it, to go back to what you said, it is kind of demeaning when, you know, you're thinking about how much you're getting paid versus how much you could be getting paid. And I think what it boils down to is a lot of people up at the top, whether that's corporate or even at like the heads, like literally people that own all of this stuff are looking at it as retail versus a, you know, a medical business. I like, yeah. I was a bud tender. Like I considered myself like a, a medical professional at the time because I was pretty much helping people figure out which medicine they needed each day you know what i'm saying but when you have a manager that's looking at you like a cashier you know how how far can you how far can you push it right right yeah i mean that's that's the thing it's a, one of those weird things where the the workers are put in a position oftentimes especially in the, the case of a medical dispensary where they are in a healthcare position yet uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about your experience, but the po- folks I've talked about or talked to rather um, have received little to no healthcare experience. Some of them may have a background in healthcare, but like I'm talking like, you know, you'd figure maybe um, the dispensary would provide you like a, a course or some training of some sort, you know, so that you can make some informed <laughs> uh, advice besides just, you know, your own anecdotal experiences. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. like it's interesting because as part of the hiring process, you are to have some of your own anecdotal experience. You know what I'm saying? Because they want to know if you can relate to a customer or a patient how to you know administer this amount of dosage. Um, oh man, I forgot what I was saying. Oh hey, it's all good, man. It's all good. Well, if you know if it comes back to you. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. don't don't hesitate to go back to it but i'll just ask the question again you know what else do, what else do you think about illinois cannabis in general and i guess a, a follow-up question maybe to just steer what ways can we approve i think obviously award some more licenses oh yeah um, yeah but, um award some more licenses i think that basically going back to the point that i was making before there yeah yeah go 
a much bigger uh, push for education generally, because um, yes. oftentimes, even the people that are at the top, you know, sometimes dispensary owners don't know that much about cannabis, don't know that much about cannabis science, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. to that degree, how are, who are they to determine where you're supposed to learn from? You know, what true, I mean? true. I, I maybe had an hour or two of like formalized cannabis training while I was at the dispensary and I was at the dispensary for a year. Like I worked a full year. Um, every, like a lot of what I learned was from me going back home and studying like cannabistech.com and MJ Biz Daily, like literally every single night and talking with my coworkers, some of my more experienced coworkers and that was that was really how I felt like I was making a difference for you know our patients because other than that it was come in learn the product knowledge that you can learn and then try and relay that as best possible and then it got weird with like pushing things for sales and it was just you know it, you, you see the crossover between like you know is this a medical place or is this like Hollister yeah yeah it's a it's a question that's, that's tough, you know, and it's honestly, what, what is tough is that proponents against cannabis legislation use that as an argument, mm -hmm. you know, they say like, like they specifically point out the fact that medical cannabis dispensaries have specials and it's, and, and it is, it is interesting the the way, but it's, it's all a result of our federal policy, you know, with regard to how this has to be applied for medication because we, we can't allow any studies because of the schedule and every state, the way they've set it up, it's just a recommendation. It's not a prescription. So your, your physician is not involved. I mean, if you got a good, if you've got a good physician, they are involved, but by and large people's physicians are not involved with their medical cannabis regime, if you will. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's expected to take their own journey with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's an interesting thing because everything else, I mean, you know, you want a medicine for a certain ailment and this is the thing cannabis, you know, can be, that's even adult use people, you know, a lot of people argue are using cannabis medicinally, whether or not they want to, you know, admit it oh, or yeah. not. I was um, going to say, I really believe that everybody is a medicinal um, user because ultimately like we're using cannabis to feel good. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I mean, you know, yeah. So, uh, so anyways, um, I, I kind of, oh yeah, we were talking about just like, you know, generally speaking, you know, they send you to like a pharmacy for a specific um, product to treat a specific ailment. Now it's great. Like I say, that cannabis is as versatile as, as it is. That's why we love the plant. Um, but it is interesting, just the, the adaptation that healthcare professionals. And I mean, honestly, what you're saying is the bud tenders are forced to encounter, which is like, you know, you, 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 their care is kind of put in the palm of your hands. And it's not like you've received any formal training aside from your own knowledge, you know, your own research and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like they kind of rest their faith in your hands to have tell them right i'm sure it's tough when they come back in and they're like man this did not help me you know i'm sure it's great when it did when it does work out but i'm sure it's really tough when it doesn't because it's it's like well shoot what do we what could have gone wrong did you overdo it or like you know 
Exactly, exactly. And it can get tricky when you have, you know, I mean, this isn't like any kind of cannabis phobia about big dosages, but you know, some people do need RSO and do need higher dosages. Sure. You know, we need that availability for, you know, people on the market as well. The barrier, what it all comes back to is general education. You know what I mean? It seems like most of, uh, you know, well, I, I don't want to say most of, but a lot of people that are involved in the decision-making in the cannabis space aren't doing so from a standpoint of making sure that patients are understanding everything that they need to, to have the best experience, as opposed to, you know, getting them maybe to make a brand loyalty decision. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you have any other thoughts of, of some things that can, could or should change in the Illinois cannabis industry? Um, you know, I, uh, or just like policy, you know, like the laws in Illinois. I mean, I think that, you know, it, it shouldn't be as, you know, watchdogged as it is like the fact that we have an allotment that rolls over every period of time like nobody's checking for alcohol like that you know what i mean um, and nobody's nobody's checking adult use for that i mean why is why is it that because you're honest about your medical condition that you're limited right so i i think that that could stand to change it just kind of speaks volumes to you know what we think of this as being you know what i mean something that needs to be you know severely moderated because you know it, it sounds like they're trying to protect us from killing ourselves you know what i mean but studies right. shown we can't <laughs> at least not with weed um but let i have a liquor store across the street that i can buy as much bottles as i want and you know god forbid i drink three bottles of you know high percentage alcohol but yeah and i think the biggest thing Kay, if if i can um like no matter how many bottles you buy, you're not going to get in trouble for them. Like if you think about it, if you buy over the amount that technically you're allowed to carry with cannabis, you can get in trouble for it. Absolutely. Like, which begs the question, is it legal? I, we ask this all the time, you know? And man, I think I thought about that when I was learning about, you know, home grow cultivation laws, like five plants. And then, and you know, if you have any more than that, then, it's a different conversation. Like it's not as kosher as, you know. Yeah. It's a felony oftentimes actually from what I read, at least from what I understand it, but you go one plan over and you're talking, even if you got your card, yeah, at least yeah. what the law reads and we, you know, we've yet to see precedent, but at least the way the law reads, you're talking felony, you know, and that's big. And that's kind of backwards from all this talk about, you know, trying to make cannabis, you know, something that is not demonized or should be illegal or, you know, something like that. It sounds like we, we can still be locked up for, you know, expressing interest and love in something that, you know, betters us, which is wild. It is. It's weird that there's this, this line, this arbitrary line. And we're like, that we're basically like, yeah, you can have it. Oh, but if you have that much, you're still a criminal. 
Like, let's not get crazy. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, when it comes down to it, who is a criminal? Because who has like what allotment limits? If, you know, if we're all standing in a garage and, we, you know, we just get, does everybody have over the allotment limit right now? Like, right. Speaking, <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's not like hand on our cards or whatever, but, you know, let's say XYZ doesn't know that this is a legally licensed dispensary and, you know, yeah, I'm making super hypotheticals, but the garage is see-through. That's, you know, that's something that's not legal anymore. Yep. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, access into the industry definitely needs to be a lot easier. You know what I mean? Um, because I think a lot of the conversation when people talk about um, decriminalization versus legalization, uh, I think what well, you know, people that are just now getting into that concept might not understand that it is because uh, we don't necessarily want people who are operating in the legacy market right now to continue to go to jail for doing things that wouldn't necessarily be in compliance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One person has a dispensary agent badge. One doesn't. They both sell an eight one's liable for a fine and or time you know what i mean yeah well and what one thing that uh we had a defense attorney point out is like if you you know and i'm i am not a defense attorney so i'm roughly paraphrasing and i'm high um high as fuck uh you know he basically said that you know if you start a bar and you don't have your liquor license like you're going to get a fine and you're going to get a talking to and like, you know, if you continue to do it, maybe it's a different conversation, but it's not like huge criminal charges where you, you go to jail. It's a business expense. It's a business fine because you, you weren't, you just simply weren't in compliance. It's interesting right. that with cannabis though, we resort to criminal code instead of just a business, a business violation. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. I can't take credit for that though. Again, that's defense attorney Evan Bruno. He's much brighter than I am. I'm not that smart. <laughs> Evan Bruno, but yeah, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of changing what the general public, you know, understands cannabis to be. Because, yeah. you know what I mean? As as progressive as the times are and as many people are, you know have the option to get into cannabis and are able to get into cannabis legislation is still legislation and it is the way it is you know what i'm saying and you know those people in power still you know operate with the same mind states that might not serve us you know if we're trying to make cannabis accessible for everybody so there, there's definitely still work to be done absolutely absolutely and unfortunately we can't do voter referendums in illinois but that's one of the main differences with how we legalized cannabis in illinois it was via the legislature which oftentimes i mean you look back to articles from that time period they were literally like the way it's described in articles like oh there's not been any formal legislation release but there's been a lot of backdoor talks what does that mean right yeah it means that lobbyists are involved and that's why you know i was talking the other day with i can't even remember who so but you know i'm going to make this point again because i think it's important like the law is like multiple pages long. It really doesn't have to be that complicated. Like I think for sure 
with regard to consumer safety and all that stuff, yeah, write a bunch of pages about all of that shit. I don't understand those regulations, but I think they're important for consumer safety, even though, as the Chicago Sun-Times is reporting, maybe maybe we can't trust those results so much, but let's not get into that right now. <laughs> um, uh, you know, the thing is, like, this did not have to be 500 pages or whatever it is to make it legal. It should just be like, hey, cannabis is legal. Everybody should be able to cultivate it. You can possess as much as you want, need, or please. Now, if it comes to selling it, well, you're going to need a license because, <laughs> because we want you to be subject to consumer safety standards. Like, It really does not have to be that complicated. And then those consumer safety standards, those can be the 500-page fucking legislation. Right, but right. it's it's just hilarious how complicated they made things. And because lobbyists were involved, just to wrap up my point, I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling, but uh, because I, because I, lobbyists were involved, you know, police, people from the police unions were involved. And I yeah. firmly believe that that's why there's so much criminal code that remains in Illinois cannabis law. I firmly believe that that's why the odor proof language remains you know, and it, that's why that, that's how they get most people in trouble. They continue to pop people for, uh, you know, transporting cannabis out of compliance with the law. And as you probably can guess, Kay, like the, the, the numbers reflect like with regard to who's getting charged with this, the numbers reflect exactly what they always reflect, which is that it, it affects minorities worse than first, Right. Those are the people that are getting pulled over and it's just crazy because it's some stupid, some stupid language that was, it doesn't even make sense. The odor proof language being in the law, like odor proof to who, to what the dog, to the right. officer, you know, and why does it have to be odor proof? Like if yeah. they have a bong in the freaking cup holder and they're just high as fuck, like that's a different conversation. But if it simply smells like herb in their car, cause they got some great herb in their trunk, there should be no problem. You know, <laughs> yeah, so. didn't burn an extremely realistic cannabis smelling candle. Yeah. Or maybe you just put on a jacket that you left where, with all your freaking buddies and they were sp- you know, hot box in the garage or whatever, you know, like the hypothetical example, yeah. you could not or, even have flour in there. And, or, yeah. you know, it's or just you crazy. Smoking some, some super turped up CBD flour that is not going to make you feel psychoactively high at all. And that officer doesn't know that. Yes. Actually, that's a great example to use because if they smell that CBD flour, they can say, Oh, you know, it's, yeah, I can smell the raw flower. I can smell the the burning cannabis. Of, yeah. And then if you just happen to have, <laughs> if you happen to have the legal amount on you, though, they will say that that's what smelled and that you're out of compliance. And you can get a class A misdemeanor for that. It's it's so crazy. Wow. That's yeah. Nice. Which, by the way, it, for folks that don't know, I only know this from Evan. I'm not going to continue to sound like I'm smart. I'm just going <laughs> to relay what he said. You got it. Uh, class A misdemeanor is uh equivalent to if you like you know have domestic violence you know so i I just don't think that's fair you know just because you're the the product you're transporting smelled a little bit (laughs) yeah no it's it's super wild and you know like like we were both saying like there's there's a lot of work to be done there's a lot of change to be had 
the Illinois market is infantile and, you know, I'm hopeful for change and growth. Um, I would love to see a little bit more proof in the pudding, but I am thankful for where we are. You know what I'm saying? I'm thankful. Yeah, for sure. That, you know, we are in a state that considers cannabis legal because there are states that, that don't see that as legal. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I do count our blessings with regard to that. I think just to wrap up, uh, this conversation of what, you know, I, you know, we think that could improve with regard to Illinois cannabis. I, and I say this all the time on the show, but I just think possession limits got to go. Cultivation should be allowed for everybody and cultivation limits need to go. And it's just as simple as if you're selling it, you need a license, man, like, sorry, you know, and we need to make it easier for people to get licenses as a result of that. You know, that's what it is because when it's hard to get a license, that's what discourages people from even trying to get compliance. You know what I mean? It's like, if I have to do, if I have to do three backflips, uh, in reverse, then why would I do that? If I can just keep doing this and not have to, you know, cut out any of my profits, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Bingo, man. Bingo. Very well said. Well, um, you know, any other, any other thoughts on this, on this subject at all? Cause I know for a while there, I kind of went on a rant and I apologize, but you just brought up a lot of thoughts that I had to, to, I, I have, I've, I've probably addressed them all on the show before. It's just important stuff, you know? So if folks hadn't heard it, I wanted to make sure to cover them, but do you have yeah. any other thoughts? Man, um, I, I'm super thankful that we got to talk about all this. I'm so I definitely am excited for our next one because I, I feel like we've just now cracked the surface of like all the different. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We can for have. sure. Um, I am excited to see what all changes in the market between the next time we talk. I hope it's not that long, but you know what I mean? New year, yeah. new habit. I wonder if people are still into uh, what's popular now, you know what I mean? Or if people's standards are going to change because the, the one point that I've always kind of had is that, yes, Illinois is expensive. And yes, Illinois only has X amount of dispensaries with X amount of cultivators. But the bottom line is, you know, you A, don't have to shop it. And B, you could just be a medical patient and grow it yourself. And if the majority of people did that, then they would be a little bit more at our whim to provide what exactly we're looking for. Yep. Very well said, man. Very well said. That's why we encourage everybody to uh, get their card and learn to learn to grow. Because I mean, at that point, it's it's it takes a lot of those frustrations of of the market out of the picture, you know. And then you also get a, to foster a great relationship with a plant. It's really rewarding, I have to say. Growing um, plants, I, uh, I I definitely I severely underestimated how rewarding it would feel to watch a seed you know turn into a plant that I wasn't sure it was going to be able to sustain life turn into a you know actually smokable plant that made me feel good like it's it's crazy like you really build a different kind of connection with the cannabis plant and you know the more people that experience that the more people are going to want to change the thing the way that things are Hell yeah, man. It's truly, truly remarkable. So folks, that's some good advice to, uh, to cap off the show. Okay. Uh, remind folks where they can find you online 
and um, we'll wrap up the show, man. Yeah, Cole, thank you so much for having me on, bro. Uh, it has been a true pleasure. Uh, you guys can find me everywhere at Jungle C A E, uh, primarily on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I'm on Twitch every now and then. Uh, you can also uh, find everything that's going on at jungleK.com. Hit me up if you want to get onto a mailing list for a Homegrown 101 class in Chicago, We're doing in person and virtual. Um, stay high, everybody. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well said, my friend. We're going to throw all those links in the podcast description, folks. Kay, thank you so much. This will not be the last time we speak. We'll have you back on to the Chillinois podcast. And hey, maybe we'll even do it in person over a session or something like that. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love to hear it. Love to hear it, brother. Cool. All right. Well, Chillinois, till next time. Bye. See ya.